Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Time for Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs, about Emerald Downs, mostly. Joe Withy, Vince Brune here at the track as we get ready for a three-day race week, Thursday at 6 p.m., Thursday, July 8th, and then Saturday, July 10th at 6.30 p.m., and Sunday, July 11th, 2.30 p.m. post time. Stakes races to look forward to this week. Good day to you, Vince. Good afternoon, Joe. Yes, uh, we go into the three-day week, as you said, 6 o'clock Thursday, 6.30 Saturday, 2.30 Sunday, and we'll get used to that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the schedule for some time, and uh, yeah, a lot to talk about on our podcast today. Thanks for being part of it. We'll have a trivia question at the end, but in between, we're going to talk to trainer Candy Kreiderman and director of television services and marketing manager Wes Petrie about a feature that you're seeing on the TV screens here at Emerald Downs now during live racing. But uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about last week as we have a lot to preview for this week. But last week, uh, Saturday, July 3rd, fireworks, spectacular, fantastic show after that seven race card with a great crowd at Emerald Downs, just kind of back in the spirit and the unofficial start of summer the 4th of July. Uh, we do have a Pentafecta and a Jackpot Pick 6 carryover heading into Thursday night. The Pentafecta, nobody had all five perfect order on Saturday night, so we have a $5,170 carryover in the Pentafecta into Thursday night's card. That'll be race number eight. It's an eight-horse field of older horses going a mile. And then the jackpot pick six, a little over 10,000 in that carryover pool as that starts to build again. And the jackpot pick six will start in race number three on Thursday. And uh, as usual, we had some very noteworthy performances last week, Vince. 
We did. Let's begin with our uh, jockey of the week, Juan Gutierrez. Hmm. He had a five-win night, Joe, and then he doubled on the other uh, two days. So wow. Nine wins for uh, Juan Gutierrez. Tremendous. Yeah, he's number three in the standings behind Alex Cruz and Julian Couton, but uh, creeping up and a nice winning percentage after that monster week. You bet. The owner, Seamist Racing, that's a gentleman named Michael Dodosovich. Uh He be- lives down in the Bay Area. His horse, Wind Ribbon, boy, what an explosive victory for that horse. And... Uh, Okay, yeah. Let's, uh, hey, speaking of wind ribbon, oh, tremendous race by him on Wednesday, June 30th. Let's go to Tom Harris's stretch call. On the outside, wind ribbon on the attack with 200 yards to go. And in deep stretch, they come now. Wind ribbon opening up. In deep stretch, three and a half or four collusionist is chasing. But look at wind ribbon with an explosive run. Scores it by five. Uh, just a awesome performance. Uh, Dutton, a three-year-old, was favored in there. Wind Ribbon came up to him, and nobody able to go with Wind Ribbon in the final stages of that race, Vince. And we had mentioned Wind Ribbon, a late scratch twice on June 2nd and June 17th. Not this time, though. And boy, you know, Joe, he looked like a winner all the way around because Dutton, you know, last year we'd see him shake clear on the turn and you could see Wind Ribbon kind of was was sitting on a big race that day, and he just drew off in the stretch. Ran the fastest uh, six furlongs of the meet, too, in the process. So he did. Big win for him, and I think we'll see him again this Sunday. We'll talk about the governors a little later. Then our uh, Washington Bread of the Week, uh, Blazing Bella Blue. We had uh, uh, Petra Lewin on last week, yes. and she uh, bred the horse and co-owns it with Charles Essex and got a nice feature race win on Thursday. That horse looks like it has a pretty good future. And uh, then our trainer of the week, this one we enjoyed, Joe. I know you did too. Robert Bean. Bob Bean, yep. he's kind of taken his lumps up here this year uh, like a gentleman. And Street Demand got him the win in the opener on Saturday. And, you know, Joe, it did my heart good. You know how many people shook that man's hand <laughs> down by did the winner's circle That's going great. in and afterwards? Yeah, I mean, he has lived up to his end of the bargain here. And uh, he showed up to run, and he's been a good sport. So I was happy to see him get a win with uh, Street Demand. Street Demand in the first race on Saturday the 3rd. Yeah, there was a lot of people around. I was kind of looking for him. I did miss him, but I'm glad uh, there were so many glad-handers for Bob Bean. Real nice guy. We had him on our Horse Racing Northwest podcast a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, Street Demand won easily there. One of uh, Juan Gutierrez's nine wins for the week. So congratulations there. And uh, did you mention Top Washington Bread? Was... Yeah, Blazing Bella Blue. Oh, yeah. With okay. uh, Petra Lewin, Petra. who we had on last week. And Dark uh, dark and Handsome, her first time sort of ran a big race, too. Uh, I believe he finished fourth. But yep. he looks like he's got a future. He did. That son of Harbor the Gold, uh, bred by Petra Rainbow Meadows. Uh, she was our guest last week. And she's two for three as an owner. Uh, so, uh, yeah, some good things to look forward to. Her and Charles Essex co-owners of Blazing Bella Blue, as you mentioned. So yeah, Wind Ribbon, fastest six of the meet. I think it was 107.53. And uh, he could well be in the governor's this weekend. This Sunday at Emerald Downs, we have the Washington State Legislator Stakes and the Governor's Stakes, Phillies and Mares, and Colton Geldings, of course. Well, the Governor's is wide open, yeah. both at six and a half furlongs. So looking forward to that as I'm a Happy Cat took the Hastings and Papa's Golden Boy. Boy, 
that name just projects excitement now, doesn't it? It sure does. And they just drew those two races here, Joe. So I will yeah. list it off real quickly here. The Governor's is going to go as race six on Sunday from the rail out. We ended up with seven in there, even though there was only six nominations. Papa's Golden Boy, Muncie, Unmatchable, Wind Ribbon, Take Charge Deputy, a late supplement into the race. Baja, Sir, draw the six hole, and Collusionist on the outside. So Papa's Golden Boy will do it from the rail in the... Uh, in the governors and the Washington State legislators, a uh, big field of nine here, starting from the rail, getting sideways, Killarney last, Daffodil, Daffodil Sweet, Swan's Kingdom, Don't Kiss and Tell, I'm a Happy Cat, Coco B, Miss Important, and uh, Eyes Open, a shipper from Santa Anita to round out the field in the Washington State legislators. Ah, exciting action coming up at Emerald Downs on Sunday, a nine race card uh, starting at 2.30. Sunday, July 11th, uh, Baja Sur and Papa's Golden Boy have a rematch. Of course, Baja Sur was well clear of everybody else finishing second. He was uh, he was uh, stroking into that lead a little bit yeah. at the end of the uh, uh, Budweiser. I, I, yeah, I think he ran fine. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, he was maybe not the ideal scenario for him with Papa's Golden Boy out on a Lonely lead and going 22-1, and one, I believe, for the opening quarter kind of sealed his fate in that race. But as you mentioned, finish fast. I think the extra half furlong will probably help Baja, sir. So um, I'm sure that camp is looking forward to getting another shot at Papa's Golden Boy. Yeah, that is going to be an exciting event. And then the uh, legislator stakes. I'm a happy cat back in there as she was just uh, incredible. Off the off the layoff uh, or first start at Emerald Down, she's won three different times now in Stakes Company. And yeah. each time, I think she's really popped the gate. She really pops the gate. And, and uh, that uh, Hastings a couple years ago, she was it ran incredibly down the backstretch. And again, here, and when Daffodil Sweet missed the break, that really That's right. helped I'm a Happy Cat there. So those two will face off against each other again on Sunday. And if Daffodil Sweet gets out of the gate, that could be quite a pace battle up front. That is going to be a different race if Daffodil Sweet breaks, for sure. Uh, that was her first sprint loss at Emerald Downs, and she already has a sprint allowance victory at the current meeting. Chris Densley, trainee, Daffodil Sweet, and I'm a Happy Cat back at it. I'm a Happy Cat, uh, trained by Dan Markle, of course. So just some great stakes action coming up this weekend at Emerald Downs. Um, yeah, things are pretty much all wide open, and uh, join us for Thursday night racing at 6, Saturday 6.30, Sunday at 2.30 p.m. All right, uh, we're going to uh, take a short time out. We're going to come back with trainer Candy Kreiderman. Let's stay on that uh, stakes theme, because she's going to start Squan's Kingdom in the Washington State Legislator Stakes. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 
just 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code SPORTOFKINGS when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit National Gambling Support Line 800-522-4700. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Three-day race week at Emerald Downs. And uh, speaking of racing, Corgi Racing on Sunday the 25th. That's not too far off. That'll be a big crowd. It's amazing how many people love their doggies and want to watch their neighbors and relatives' corgis compete. But in the meantime, uh, a couple of really good stakes races as we uh, outlined there in our first segment, we've got the legislator stakes for fillies and mares and the governor stakes for open older horses. This Sunday at Emerald Downs, joining us now on Horse Racing Northwest, trainer Candy Kreiderman, who is in charge of Squan's Kingdom, who's going to get some looks for sure among horse players this Sunday. Candy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you guys. Nice to be here. Hey, Candy. Candy, yeah, uh, great to have you on. And hey, by the way, I don't know if I've thanked you uh, for being part of that Evening Magazine production. You did a super job there as uh, Evening came back. Fun. Yeah, you did great. Uh, yeah, just you're a good spokesman for the game. Your your enthusiasm just just comes right out, and uh, you can tell you really get involved with your horses. Uh, and Squan's Kingdom, you brought out and showed them, and she's she's got a nice demeanor around the barn, doesn't she? She is. We, she's so much fun. We are so lucky to have her. She's just everybody's pet. I mean, you know, she knows where the carrot box is. She can't go on the hot, she can't go on the hot walkers though, because she came from Pennsylvania and they don't have hot walkers there, (laughs) but she, so she has to be hand walked and she's spoiled. She runs up and down. I mean, we run her up and down the road, not run her, but walk her and let her graze. And she's just, she's so fun to be around. Anybody can get on her really. I mean, she's that good. Yeah, it seemed like she was awful calm, and uh, I'm sure she's gotten to like uh, the care from your particular barn and yourself, um, and uh, she's been out here. Uh, how long has she been out here now? So I think she came to me maybe um, the end of March. Okay. So something like that, um, beginning of well, March, April, May. Actually, probably more like May. I'm guessing maybe end of April, beginning of May. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, yeah, what did she show you? You know, she has a veteran record of solid efforts, uh, wet and uh, uh, dry and long and short. Um, what did she show you when she first started training? Um, she showed me she liked the track. Mm-hmm. She trained really well over it. Um, you know, we were just primarily sprinting. So we never really, you know, we were... Um, tapering more than anything because she'd just come off running a bunch of mile seventies there in in a park mm-hmm. or a couple of miles. I mean, she was distant. And so we were just trying to freshen her up and um, she just showed me that she was really smart and really and truly she'll do anything you want. I mean, she just, you ask her to do it and she'll just do it and have fun with it. Yeah. Candy Squan's kingdom, a seven year old Kentucky bred uh, by trap shot. She has finished in the money 11 straight. Um, however, this year she's 0 for 7 with 5 seconds and uh, 2 thirds and has run second here to Daffodil Sweet and I'm a Happy Cat. 
that race in the Hastings, she looked like she got in a little trouble, too. Can you talk about that race a little bit? She did. Jory said that she um, she broke about where we wanted her to. We wanted her sitting off the pace. And coming around the turn, you know, there was just so much traffic. And Jory got in trouble, I think, two times. And finally, coming down the lane when she got out, she just, you know, poured it on. Jory said she had so much horse if she could have gotten out you know, gotten out a little bit earlier, we would have been a little closer, I think. She was running for sure. Yeah, you had to be super happy with that finish, knowing that the next stake as well is a little bit farther and that I'm a happy cat didn't get any competition up front from Daffodil Sweet, which, exactly, of course, many thought was going to materialize and it well could this Sunday in the legislators because of that, you know, just unfortunate break for Daffodil Sweet. So, uh, Squan's Kingdom doing well leading up uh, to Sunday's race? She's just great. She's We worked her three-eighths out of half, I think, um, on Saturday. And it was the first time Matias had been on her, and he loved her. And, um, you know, she came back to Barney, ate lots of carrots, and is eating well <laughs> and happy and will train right to the race. She likes to, she likes to do something. She's not one that loves sitting in the barn, okay. and she'll let you know. She'll, you know, be like really bossy and like, I'm tired of this. So she'll be training up to the race for sure. Well, Vince, that word carrots has come up a couple times with candy. If we go back there, we better bring a carrot or two, I think. <laughs> oh, you better. She'll be very upset. Although we always have them here. You okay. can just get them out of the ice chest. Speak, speak, <laughs> speaking of carrots, Joe, I've, I've noticed candy and her main client, uh, John Parker, and, and everyone at her barn seems to have a pretty good time in this sport. Isn't that true, Candy? Yeah, you know, we try to make it fun because if you don't, you know, the disappointments come and you got to figure out, you know, how, how to make those disappointing races be better, right? I mean, you, um, so you want to make it, you want to make it fun around the barn and these guys work so hard that we, you know, just try to make sure that we take good care of our employees because it's a lot of work and it's day after day after day, right? I mean, these guys don't get a break. So um, um, we try to, yeah, we try to make the barn fun for sure. We were thinking of having a um, a cornhole tournament this year. Uh-huh. Dan Brock brought his cornhole game in, and we are, we've been trying to get some other barns to take us on, but I think they're afraid of us because <laughs> nobody see. has nobody has like said, okay, we're going to have a tournament. So we're we've been working on that though, and have a little barbecue and cornhole game. So yeah, we try to keep it fun. Well, yeah, John, you're main owner owner john parker has just been so generous and gregarious with uh having get-togethers at the barn and inviting uh, just about anybody he makes eye contact with and uh yeah you know he has just been great uh we just love to root for john he he just has got into the game and and on that end of things you've had a lot of horses come and go from your barn this year so far. oh my gosh it just they just keep claiming and and then we just keep claiming more, right? Yeah. That those spots. So it, it, it that's that's another thing that's tough on the crew, right? Because mm. we just barely get to know these horses, and then on down the road they go. But that's what a claiming barn is. And um, we try to claim horses that we think that we can turn right around and win with, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what it's about here in this barn. So although you know we have some older horses that are nicer that we protect a little bit more but most of all um we're here to win races and that's what we try to do and we try to claim horses that can win races for us doesn't always work out exactly that way sometimes you're taking risks 
and you know it, but John is so good about that. He, um, he's willing to take those risks, you know, so it works out really well. Yeah, multiple leading owner here at Emerald Downs. And, you know, I'm sure you'd like to have a couple more wins. You've got a lot of seconds and lots of thirds, so you're in the money percentage is tremendous this year. I'm looking at uh, just about uh, two out of three, which is very good, you know, right around 66% for in the money. And, you know, break here or two, and you could have a few more. But, uh, um, yeah, when a new horse comes to your barn uh, – sometimes you don't know too much about them, but you trainers are so observant. Uh, you, you probably get a chance to see horses in the paddock. And a lot of times, if you're going to claim a horse, you'll make sure you, you see it in pre-race situations. So, uh, you get surprised much by a horse's demeanor after you claim now and then? No, not normally. When, when we decide we're going to go on one, um, we kind of already know, you know, mm. what their temperament is, and and um, we've seen them around. We always watch them in the paddock mm. um, um, and, you know, pay attention to what they race in, and then, you know, we'll go back and before we claim them, watch the race replays. So we'll kind of know what they're, they're prone to do in their races. So, um, you know, you kind of already know you kind of already know what you're getting. There's been, there, there was one horse this year I was supposed to claim and I talked myself out of it at the very last minute. Of course he won by about <laughs> 11 or 12. And yeah. I think I'm probably still in a little bit of trouble for that. Uh, yeah. but he's, he's difficult. He's a difficult animal. And I just wasn't sure we would, could get the job done. I mean, we would do our best, but um, I, yeah, I shouldn't have talked myself out of it. I should have stayed on it. <laughs> But well, I did call the boss and ask, is it okay if I don't claim this one? And he, and he said, yeah, no big deal. And then he won. So. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, often, to, to a layperson, I've often, uh, you know, used the analogy of uh, the stocks and buying stocks as uh, to claiming horses. You know, you know, sometimes you buy a stock and it goes up and sometimes you wish you would have bought one and, and uh, you didn't or yep. uh, it's just uh, things can be a little unpredictable in that end. Um, same with claiming horses. But uh, yeah, there's always going to be one or two that uh, kind of got away. Uh, but That's right. But uh, you guys have done super well. And, and yeah, just uh, seeing you and your help operate around the barn. Um, uh, and if you want to name anybody, please go ahead because uh, just the personal care there and just uh, the horses have to, you know, it helps if they're happy. And, and certainly everybody wants to have them healthy. But boy, it seems like you guys make them pretty happy and that can't hurt in the long run. So, that's, so I have um, George and... Jesus and Caesar, and of course my assistant trainer Lisa. Mm -hmm. She's awesome. I, we couldn't do it without her, and we couldn't do it without Dan Brock. We have we have a big crew. We have Shelly Curl that still gallops for us, and Troy Grissom gets on quite a few um, in the morning early. And um, but we do have one person on staff here that this is so silly, but her job is to make the horses really friendly, and huh. we do claim so much, and some horses. We've claimed horses that don't even know what a carrot is or a peppermint. And so she actually comes in, Tara Holmfeld actually comes in, and um, we were so glad to have her back this year because we missed her last year. But she comes in, and that's her job is she gets to know each of the horses, and which is interesting because we have so many horses that come in and out. She'll let us know if a horse is off. 
right? She'll, you know, just say, hey, you know, when I was out feeding peppermints and carrots this morning, this one wouldn't even come in front of the stall, which is really unusual. So a couple times she's given us a heads up, you know, that maybe, you know, take a second look at this horse today, make sure it's okay. So, but that's her job. And I know that sounds like a silly job, but it's important to us because we are so busy. Sometimes we don't have enough time to give them all the attention and love they deserve. So that's her, that's her forte. That's great. Yeah, Tara, great to see Tara back at Emerald Downs this summer. So uh, kudos to her. From Candy Tillett, our trainer, uh, guest here on Horse Racing Northwest, Squan's Kingdom. And you, you mentioned that Javier Matias is going to ride her this weekend. Yes, we were unsure whether Jerry was going to make it mm. back or not. We hadn't heard back from her. And so um, we were actually at a birthday party for um, John's daughter's two-year-old boy, Emily Cristiano, and um, Javier was there, and John and Javier talked for quite mm-hmm. a while, and John just decided he wanted Javier to ride, so he's on, and he loved her. He worked her, loved her. Very good. So, I mean, you couldn't not love her. So. <laughs> well, that's good, and uh, yeah, we were, we've were been impressed by her. She's a real pro, and she's, as you mentioned, she pretty much took to the track right away, and she has run like it with that outstanding second in the Hastings behind, I'm a happy cat. So, mm-hmm. so hopefully we'll get some pace. Yeah, this time. With, it, I mean, we had pace last time, but just wasn't <laughs> pace that was getting tired. That's right, solo <laughs> so, pace. Yeah. I yeah. yeah, Candy. I think if uh, we mentioned earlier, if Daffodil Sweet comes out of the gate okay this time, it's inevitable that there's going to be a, a solid pace in this race. Absolutely, that's what we're hoping for. Well, Candy, uh, great job from you and uh, always appreciate you dealing with anybody from the outside because uh, your your love of the horses comes through and uh, just uh, you know that that's a that's a big plus for everybody involved so good luck this week and this weekend candy to let okay thank you so much thanks thank you, candy. candy very much okay. bye bye candy that is uh, trainer candy to let with Squan's Kingdom, and you think she's got a big shot. I'm certainly not uh, discounting her chances. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I've watched her first two races again, and she's a professional racehorse. Yeah. And uh, she did have a couple times last time. She she uh, it wasn't big trouble, but there was legit trouble twice in that race, and she was closing at the end and making up um, some ground. And she's got some backlash. She leads the field with over 300,000 in career earnings. So she's got a shot. And they mentioned Jory, that's Jory Scriber. Yep. And, um, she last night wrapped up her second straight riding title at Grants Pass with 23 wins. Good for her. Uh, 20 year old native of Curlew, Washington. And I believe she just lost her apprenticeship on Sunday. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for her going forward. But yeah, Javier Matias should fit this horse very nicely. Javier Matias has been involved in some big days at Emerald Downs, including, of course, winning the 2018 mile aboard Barkley. Uh, so we've got much more to do here on Horse Racing Northwest. Let's do our uh, let's do our little back and forth uh, segment, and uh, let's see. I'm going to start it off with Alex Cruz has won 41 straight racing days at mm-hmm. Emerald Downs, 25 last year, 16 this year. Um, and, you know, this year is even more impressive because last year and those 25 straight days he won, there was 10.3 races per day on those 25 right. days. This year, it's just about two less, 8.4 races today. So it's a little harder, a little couple fewer opportunities 
as we're going three-day weeks now, but uh, uh, I know you're impressed uh, by a guy doing that. And he's waited until, you know, it's just how circumstances come up. Yeah. But a couple of times it's been late in the card. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that, I did do a little research. And the nearest I can tell, I think uh, Chris Antley in 1989 rode winter 64 straight Whoa. days. Of course, he was doing day-night doubleheaders at Aqueduct and Meadowlands back then. So he was riding up to 16 races a day. He had one day where he rode nine winners, four at Aqueduct, and he took the helicopter to New Jersey and had five winners that yes. night at the Meadowlands. But, you know, who's to say uh, Alex couldn't do that? I don't want to jinx him, but, boy, the way he rides, you know, it's not out of the question. No, he's uh, going great. He's our leading rider, and he has, again, that great streak going of 41 consecutive cards. He's winning at 27% for the meeting, and he picked up his first Emerald Down Stakes victory as well at this current meeting, and that was aboard Ms. Lynn for owner Ron Bowman, trainer Roy Lum. Vince? Okay, I don't like doing negative statistics too often, but this one's kind of interesting. In the eighth race this Saturday, the number one horse owner's prestige. Finally, I don't think he's going to be favored. But oh. do you know in his last four starts here, going back to last year, he has finished sixth at even money, third at three to five, sixth at even money, and sixth at eight to five in his last four starts. So he just, you know, for whatever reason, hasn't been firing. But I think the last time out, people gave him an excuse maybe because it was on an off track in his 2021 season debut. And he did win like four of his first five starts yes. here. As, as a horse. So owner's prestige, maybe he can shake out of that slump on uh, in Saturday's finale. Very good. Okay, uh, a race, uh, the Oak Tree Sprint was at Pleasanton on Saturday. Law Abiding Citizen won it by a neck over the three-year-old Top Harbor with any port in a storm fourth. And of course, Law Abiding Citizen won our 2019 mile uh, owned by Dan Agnew and John Zitko and Jerry Schneider, uh, and Top Harbor, owned by Gordy Jarney, Kenny Marshall, and Eric Schweiger. The three-year-old made a great run, and law-abiding law citizen, as he can do, can get very competitive, wouldn't let the three-year-old buy. A great run by Top Harbor. Any port in a storm was up on that lead. He was the race's defending champion, finished fourth in there. So that takes us back to the 2019 mile a little bit. Since that 2019 mile, Law Biden Citizen has run seven times, has two wins, and has made 154000 He won that over Any Port in the Storm. Any Port in the Storm is two for eight since then. It's made about 90000 Restrained Vengeance, who was third... I'm getting into obscure stat territory here, Vince. That's all right. Restrained Vengeance was a close third in that 2019 mile. He has won six out of 16 all-stakes wins. Three seconds, three-thirds of those 16 starts, 15 have been stakes. And he's made $408,000. So we could possibly see a little rematch action yeah. going on up here this august in the mile you know that restrained vengeance 2019 mile that was kind of his coming out party because he didn't have too big a resume before that and he was right there with those top two uh, and uh, then it was quite a gap back to fourth place and uh, yep. i would think the timing for those horses would be pretty good for the mile this year so yeah we'll have to get in touch with uh, mark glatt with law Biden citizen and uh, val brinkerhoff with restrained vengeance uh would be certainly great to see them up here. Uh, we mentioned last week uh, Grants Pass was going to run their biggest ever race, and they did on uh, 
4th of July, the Firecracker Futurity. Now, they had 10 qualifiers. Uh, they had seven qualifying races, and the 10 fastest times out of those seven races made it into the final. Well, the slowest qualifier named Five Bars Blazing ended up winning the whole thing at hmm. 16 to 1. Uh, paid $34.80. That was a $90,000 Firecracker Futurity, owned and bred by Malin Cowbill. Cowgill, a Washington gentleman, so congratulations to him, Malin Cowgill, and uh, Five Bars Blazin posting a 34.80 upset in the $90,000 Firecracker Futurity. Wow, big win there, big win at Grant's Pass. Um, owner statistics for Emerald Downs, boy, Greg and Chuck Conley and the Terra Firma Farm of Joe and Carrie Toy, what a season they're having. They had a couple more wins last week, as you well know. And they're now 9 for 16 at the meeting. The Conleys and the Terra Firma Farm leading owner, 56% wins. Um, Scott Herbertson is going fantastic. Uh, his son, Ari, the trainer, he's 5 for 6. John Parker's won six races. The Lusks, oh, uh, Debbie and uh, Brian Lusk, or not Debbie, uh, Gary Lusk and Debbie and Jeff. Uh, they're and four, Peyton, yeah. Yeah, they're 4 for 6, of course. Papa's Golden Boys won a couple. Uh, Petra Lewin and Charlie Essex, two for three. Fred and Cindy Desimone are three for six. Bill Jensen, another toy client, is three for four. He's got All-American Hero back in this week. So a lot of, a lot of wins there. That's a big percentage of our wins right there among uh, top owners. You bet. Uh, we've had some huge payouts at the meet, Joe. Our biggest, $81,409. That was in the 20-cent jackpot pick six, June mm -hmm. 23rd. But the 50-cent pick five in the last couple of weeks, listen to this, on June 16th, paid $28,860. And then four days later on June 20th, 50-cent pick five returned $22,254. So you and I were talking, Joe, we haven't exactly been setting the world on fire at this meet, but there have been some people who are doing awfully well. Oh. You know, it's funny how much more the pick four pays than the pick three and how much more the pick five pays than the pick four. It's yeah. just a huge percentage. Even even if a five to two shot wins that extra race, uh, the, it's just you're eliminating people along the way that just can't, don't have them all. And those are some huge payoffs. You bet. Because last week at Emerald Downs, favorites won 11 out of the yep. 23 races. And uh, so that's uh, kudos to some handicappers. Let's let's put it that way. They uh, singled in, and there was a lot of wide open uh, finishes as well last week. Um, uh, big margins of victory, but favorites did really well last week at Emerald Downs. Um, okay, back to you. That's uh, I think my bag is empty okay. for this week, Joe. I'll give you one more. Okay, uh, we've had two two-year-old races. We're going to have another, a third on Saturday. Cobra Jet won our first two-year-old race, and he went 51.04. That's the fastest four-and-a-half furlong since the Chili Man went 50.22 in 2016. Hmm. 26 races at four-and-a-half furlong since then. So uh, good career start to Cobra Jet there in his lifetime. And debut. yeah, Wabreds won the first two, Cadillac yep. Margarita winning the Philly race. Yeah, Cobra Jet. Let's see, that was on, uh, was that the that was the 30th. The 30th, yeah, races two and three. Cobra Jet trained by Frank Lucarelli, owned by REV Racing. Roy Schaefer, yeah. Ryan Ellie Schaefer, and that's a uh, son of Curlin to Mischief out of Adagal Val by Attaboy Roy. Cobra Jet won by over six lengths in that first that two years. Adagal Val is related to, I believe, Coup de Fadre, who has been Ooh, such a great producer. Right. 
in Washington over the years. Yeah, Carl Krieg's family. Right. Uh, uh, he the breeder there, the late Carl Krieg, who did so well. Okay, we're going to take a time out. We're going to come back with our marketing manager, director of television services, Wes Petrie, a feature that you're seeing on the screen every race at Emerald Downs. We'll be right back on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us and tell your friends a lot of great information. By the way, I didn't mention Vince's news and notes at emeralddowns.com. Uh, just great information updated every week, uh, reviewing and previewing everything Emerald Downs. Great job on that, Vince, again. Thank you. And John Lindley's trip notes are there, too. Uh, really a great handicapping supplement. But right now we're going to talk about another supplement new to Emerald Downs on your video screens for every live race. Uh, managing, uh, Director of Television Services and our marketing manager, Wes Petrie, joins us. Wes, you've been in a different seat on this podcast now and then, but welcome. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's uh, good to be on the show. Hey, Wes. It's not often I get to be on a show like <laughs> yeah. this. Great to have you. But uh, we're going to talk about that feature that pops up during a live race that is just uh, something that no other track's doing. And we're talking par times for fractions and finishing times. Wes, uh, I think it's just an awesome addition. It, it's not obtrusive at all. It's right up there next to the fractions. So a lot of handicappers deal with par times, uh, finishing times for all these different sexes, distances, and uh, class categories. But yeah. we've got them for fractions too. Yeah, I think, you know, it was a great idea that uh, I, I kind of passed by you early in the early stages and you were on board and I said, well, you know, Joe's kind of interested in this. Maybe I should dig into it. So I, you know, one day I sat down and I... Uh... Yeah, how did you, you know, really <laughs> get the concept? Because you came to me and, and I passed it by Vince and and uh, Phil. And of course, I actually called John Lindley because he is a he's a pace handicapper. He likes speed. But how did that whole... Just go back to the beginning. Oh, the oh, geez, the beginning. Yeah. Because... What do you, so you guys like it, I take it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was the uh, winter of 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I were doing that NBC sports show. Uh, Emerald Downs Weekly, yeah, and we were consistently doing top 10 leaderboards for owners and trainers and jockeys. And it was kind of a pain in the butt to type in manually, right? So I thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I reached out to Equibase and they said, hey, you know, we've got this API on our website that we'll, we'll give you access to when you can kind of pull and hit down jockey trainer owner statistics. I said, wow, that's cool. But at that point in time, I had no idea what an API was. I don't either right now. Do you? <laughs> it stands for Application uh, Programming Interface. So it's a way that okay. uh, software companies build a backend into their systems that you can interact with, right? So at that point, I went, oh, God, I have known nothing. Um, I went home. I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. I picked up a book on coding. Uh, you know, my wife, I really got to give it a lot of credit to her. She, after work, I know I had these side projects and she just gave me nothing but encouragement. Great. So it was about a good year playing with this uh, API with Echo Base that I finally, you know, got it working. I built a, uh, 
an application, a software application. I learned how to code. It took about a year. And I successfully built this thing to pull down rankings for jockey owners, trainers. And I thought, wow, this is great. I'm going to adapt this for live racing. So why don't we show statistics from Equibase live after a jockey, trainer, owner, kind of, you know, they win a race. This would be really cool. No one's doing this. And I got really excited and the season started and we were testing it out. And I realized real quickly uh, that within my testing, I did not test live. And after a race is over, Equibase's API is not up to date. Mm. <laughs> so, so all this work I put in, I was really jazzed to yeah. do it. I realized, oh crap, this is not, <laughs> this isn't going to work for live racing. It just works, you know, basically race one before it goes off. So then I got kind of disgruntled, but then I started thinking, I said, well, you know what? Maybe I can build a better system to, for, for television broadcast teams to track statistics live for racing. So then it was a really big project and I started digging in and maybe through about, I don't know, six months of really learning how to code, dealing with how to work with networks and serial connections and just basically starting from scratch, I realized that you know, I've done a lot of this work and I, there's still much, much more to do for it really to be ready for live. Right. But then I, I thought about this timer. I said, Hey Joe, would this be cool? Cause I was thinking about it the other day, there's, there's not really a way for, um, fans, you know, new or, you know, experienced to know how fast the race is running to class. So I said, Oh, this would be kind of a cool idea if, as a fan, they can come out and they can watch indicators, which are better than miles per hour. Cause sometimes that doesn't really tell the story you know, as far as uh, horses sure. go. So I said, okay, well, let me let me dig into this. And I I asked you about it, and you got all excited. And yeah. you said Lindley was excited, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so fractions, so I was thinking this is going to be just this overwhelming project, but mm -hmm. uh, since Wes learned how to code and everything, he was able, he came back to me one, no, I can... So I can pull out every race since 1996 now, and <laughs> yeah. now we just got to narrow it down into distances and sexes and, and classes. And yeah. so that's what we've done. I think when I see it on the screen now, it's pretty, you know, we're, Joe and you and I, are, we're pretty seasoned. We've seen a lot visually in racing, and I, I think it's, I can pick up on it pretty fast with, uh, with my background, and I'm sure with your background, it makes some sense to you. I know in the racing form, and this one kind of is a pet peeve, for each race, um, they have in the conditions, underneath the conditions of the race, they have the average winning buyer. Only nine times out of ten, it usually says N-A for not available. So I'm like, why do they even have this thing in there if, they, <laughs> if you never know what the average winning buyer is for that condition? So I think it's great that we're going to consistently do that. And I certainly applaud anything that gets out more information to the hardcore players. I think it's a, it's a great innovation. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly what I told Wes. I mean, it's not anything that gets in the way and he, he kind of worked different ways to put it up maybe after the race, but it just pops up after the opening quarter, opening half, and it's right there. And of course, green yeah. is faster than par and red is slower, slower than par. Yeah. And as you know, our track's been running quite yeah. fast to average lately. I think, what are we at right now? Close to 50% of favorites are winning the race uh 40 percent which is well last week it was 40 yeah it's yeah. been it's been picking up quite a bit for this season i think we're right about 40 percent, which is a little high yeah, actually yeah. yeah yeah 
But Wes will come after a couple of races. Wow, that horse Buckley Bay, he really ran fast because yeah. over par, he was a second and a half uh, better than par on his frac- internal yeah. fractions. And so uh, you've certainly learned what a fast uh, quarter and a half is, but it's just, uh, it's there's so many pace handicappers out there. And you've got to believe that trainers and owners are looking that as well to compare their horses it's just more information yeah i've heard a lot of positive things about it and you know what references 25 years of emerald downs data you know no other track it's our data and there's there's close to uh there's 19,000 plus races it's analyzing um to kind of pull up these these averages for you know races that are grouped by race type class sex general restrictions uh, age restrictions and you know yeah. pulling down that part-time in real time with I yeah. think is a really it's... valuable thing for our uh, for our betters and i think we are you know comparing apples to apples here joe because we all know emerald downs yields fast times we got a track and yeah whatever the conditions up here you know the weather conditions and the soil composition and all that we yield fast times so uh having 25 years of that data the times haven't really changed that much here over the years have they no uh, especially yeah the last 20 years yeah you know maybe we had a couple renovations early in our in our history but uh um yeah the it, it's uh, a huge sampling and um again so many people are interested and when you the point you just brought up, let me tell that quick story, which I think I've told many times, but uh, we had this one week uh, several years ago when the times were really fast for two, maybe going on three consecutive days and one media person was ranting and raving the track's <laughs> too hard or something, track's too hard. Well, and I had two independent testimonies from jockeys who got on horses in the mornings and during races that said whatever they both said about the same thing and not at the same time. This was, you know, hours and hours apart. Whatever's going on with that track, don't change it. It is so good right now. It had a like a cushiony give back or something, and horses were running really fast. So that's not something, Wes, that you're worried about. Uh, that's up to Eric Crowfoot, our track superintendent. You're just putting out data as it happens live. Yeah, yeah. You know, I get a lot of comments from Eric now. Good. Yeah. <laughs> He's very interested in the part time. Yeah, you know, I think the first day we unveiled it, he looked at me and said, oh, geez, what did you do to me? <laughs> yeah. I said, sorry, Eric, it's, I didn't think about that. I'm just trying to, you know, engage our customers. It's a little more scrutiny, but especially like there's going to be a lot of eyes on it this Sunday in those sprint stakes when yeah. you've got super fast sprinters going again. Uh, and, you know, again, owners are interested. Trainers are interested. It might even lead to some claims, which, you know, you know who knows. But uh, it's just extra data. And pace is so important in, in racing. And, of course, we have so many sprints in the first month or two of our season that, uh, you know, that pace is, is hugely important. And I know, uh, we're probably getting eyes and, and have you seen anything like this? Cause you've paid attention as director of television services to yeah. track signals all around the country. Have you seen anything anywhere? Well, nothing like this. And I think that's no. kind of what led me to get into this game is, you know, maybe building custom software that can drive a different experience for broadcasting. Because I think in the 17, 18 years I've been in it, it's been largely stale you know there hasn't been too many new innovations mm-hmm. and i don't know this is just the start it's what we're doing you know today but what are we doing tomorrow is kind of what i'm looking yeah, forward to yeah. yeah no it's uh part times for fractions internal fractions and a par finishing time as well um for the races at emerald downs just a, a great addition uh west petrie our 
director of television services, marketing manager, uh, hey, you brought it to fruition and uh, it's there. Good work, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. You know, I got to give a shout out to, uh, you know, Chris Dobbins from Encompass for helping me okay. kind of gather all the data I needed to make this work. And also Brett Anderson from the race office. You know, I, that's what I meant he to say. In, he, he, he helped us he uh, define the yeah. categories. Yeah, he helped us put put together the uh, the claiming groupings. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people behind the scenes. And Joe with you, I mean, you helped me a lot. You, you, I asked you, I said, hey, do you think this would be cool? And you lit up. And I, you know, I think that's uh, all it took for you Well, know, I gave you encouragement. and I thought you might have to go over every race individually, <laughs> yeah. like I do the hunt and peck method on stuff. But no, you knew how to interface it as you as you just outlined earlier, that you learned the coding and, and you knew what uh, companies were available to help out. Yes. And you made it happen. Yeah. yeah and again, you know, I'm sorry, Wes. No, but I go, you know, on social media, I there are a lot of people out there always saying that, you know, there's nothing the 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 tracks take the players for granted and they're, you know, they don't care about us and all that. Hmm. And we can point to something like this and say, Hey, you know, we are trying to innovate, uh, like Joe said, more information to the players, you know, is good stuff, you know, and not, maybe yeah. not everyone will use it, but it's not at the expense of anything. So yeah, it's another tool, right? It's another tool. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's not obtrusive. You know, no, a, lot, a lot of times some of these new all. tools are very, okay, this is overwhelming data, but this is pretty straightforward and, you know, it doesn't get in the way. He's going to come up with more too, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he's been in this TV room for a lot of years and he knows all that end of things, but now he's learning more about racing. So I bet you he comes up with another gem here. I'm putting the pressure on him. Uh, yeah. I'm, no, digging no. In. I'm digging in. I'm in it for the long game. You, you know? can't rest on your laurels. Wes. I built this in a weekend. <laughs> Although a lot of the hard work, you know, you don't get to see behind the scenes, you know, you know, doing other things, but yeah, it was, I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, what's next? That's right. <laughs> Wes, great job super job and thanks thanks for joining us and adding to uh the podcast today great thanks guys thanks, west petrie uh part times on the screen for fractions and finishing times for all emerald downs races just and it shows uh the sample size too you know of uh, and some of those samples are like over 800 races and such so well i like that because yeah. anything can happen over a small sample size you yeah. know but when you get a, a that, that, that's pretty conclusive when you have 25 years of data. That's right. And uh, he, by the way, Wes has thrown out the off-track races just to try and maintain a little more consistency, mm -hmm. and uh, which doesn't hurt anything. And we don't even have that many off-track races. We do not. Here. Contrary to popular belief, people would think Seattle, but no, we really don't. Okay. Uh, how about a selection uh, Thursday, Saturday, something like that? Uh, where are you going to take us here, Vince? Okay, um, let me, I had one down here, uh, where's my, oh, there we go. Uh, I'm going to go to Saturday, mm -hmm. and we're going, that's Saturday, July 10th. Let's go to race two. This is an $8,000 claimer for fillies and mares, non-winners of three lifetime, non-winners three races lifetime, six furlongs. I like number six, What a Flirt. Um, I'm very familiar with this horse. She ran for the Emerald Racing Club last year. And do you know when she came here last year, she was 0 for 25 lifetime. And in five starts at Emerald Downs, uh, yeah. she's won two, finished second once, and finished third once. And she ran pretty well, finishing second in her season debut. Uh, I think drawn outside with that race under her belt. I know her people go to buyer speed figures are really low, but I think she's going to get a great trip, and I think she should improve, and the price should be okay. So I'll take What a Flirt in race two on Saturday. Race two Saturday, What a Flirt. And yet you do know her pretty well as she was in the racing club in 2020 and she's still on the sharon ross barn right um on thursday 
uh, you know, this tough rooster in race three. Now, he's owned by David Israel and uh, Charlie Clark, um, who I've been partners with on some horses. I'm not in on this one, and I haven't really talked to David about this horse at all. Uh, but it's just a wide open maiden 5,000 at a mile on Thursday night, race number three. Tough Rooster showed nothing in a couple races last year as a juvenile. His first and only start this year, he was fourth of eight, a little bit off the pace. It was a, it was a legitimate pace for the level, and uh, he ran pretty evenly, but he's going to go a mile. He's by House of Royal Hearts, who's by Chester House, out of an include mare. It's just not that tough a race. We've got some struggling horses in there and some longtime maidens. I'm going to think uh, second time Alex and I have for trainer Jesse Velasquez that tough rooster can be tough in race three at eight to one on the Vince Brune morning line. Yeah, I like that, Joe, because the two favorites in there are 0 for 10 and 0 for 7 lifetime. And right. uh, tough rooster, yeah, I think you bring up some good good points on her. And I do like those horses with even running lines stretching out. That's usually not a bad sign. It's usually a pretty darn good sign, really, when they stretch out. Um, in the seventh race on Saturday... It's a mile, optional claimer, good field, uh, All-American Heroes in there. He's two for two at the meeting from the Joe Toy Barn. And Lolo Paniolo's back, a four-year-old who dropped down in claiming uh, price a little bit. But he is, uh, what, he's three for 12 at Emerald Downs, won here a couple times last year. Um, uh, but there's some speed in there. Aiden's Dream has never run past seven furlongs in 40 career starts. And he was really impressive for Ari Herbertson in his first out. Uh, Zatter was in there, and he put away Zatter and, and held off rate for me here on June 10th. So rate for me has come back with one race since then. Ran third after a little bit of a slow start. Buckley Bay dominated. Have we ever heard that uh, phrase before? Mm -hmm. Buckley Bay dominating race. And All-American Heroes in there. Aiden's Dream, we're going to get some pace in here. Yeah, I'm going for the closer. John Lindley's cr cringing right now. But, you know, Rate for me has been able to lay pretty close in a lot of two-turn races in his career. He's a real pro with 14 wins. He's run two good races over this track since coming up for the first time uh, to Emerald Downs this year from Phoenix, most recently. Jeff Metz runner, Jose Zanino aboard. Jose Zanino's had some good rides from off the pace at this meet. So I like Rate for Me in the seventh race on Saturday, July 10th. Do you have anything else? Yeah, that's a good race. I think five of the eight horses in there are over the 100,000 career mm. earnings. So that'll be a fun race. Yeah, we already talked about it earlier. I like Swan's Kingdom and the Washington yes. State Legislator. She does nothing but fire in all of her outs. And I think uh, she's going to get a great setup on uh, Sunday. And she'll punch it in. Probably be third favorite behind yeah. I'm a Happy Cat. And, uh, I, I think so, Daffodil yeah. Sweet. And Daffodil Sweet and I Coco B coming back. I yep. know she didn't fire that great, but she's got a good overall record. So, yeah, she'll be a, she'll be a fair price in that field. So uh, okay. I think she's got a good shot. Very good. Okay, uh, last week's trivia question. Which horse has the highest Emerald Downs career earnings without winning a stakes race? And uh, this is a guy that added more to his career earnings just last week. I think you, you got the answer on this one after I asked you. You narrowed it down to two and then came up with the right one. Grinder Sparks Aglow, $211,000. He won the Pete Peterson one year, but it was uh, considered an allowance that year, not an overnight stake. Mm -hmm. So technically, he has not won a stakes race at Emerald Downs. 
but he has made a lot more than a lot of stakes winners. And how about him at age 10? He is what you call a professional oh, racehorse, boy. that one. I think he's at the 12-5 level now. He's, I think he's run second both outs at the meet, and he is just one <laughs> one admirable racehorse. Uh, Grinder sparks a goal. He is. He got beat by Zatter but, uh, on uh, June 30th, last Wednesday, but he ran second and just ran another outstanding You know something race. else about him, Joe? He doesn't get a lot of respect at the windows over the years. You know, Have you noticed that? Oh, he's, yeah. Yeah, and, and of course he's won the Portland Mile. I mean, what a what a long career, and he's still just running great. So he has he has that distinction: most earnings at Emerald Downs without winning a stakes race. So our oh, by the way, we didn't get any correct answers last week. Uh, Sophia McKee, a former marketing director, she used to tell me after I'd put these trivia questions out, why don't we get a question that somebody other than Joe Withy can answer? <laughs> And Vince can usually answer them, but yeah, maybe I make some tough ones, but you know, you just don't want to throw out some slam dunk there. So we've had a lot of great answers in the last uh, year or so on the podcast. So we're going to continue with a, maybe a little bit more difficult question. I'm all for that. And it's trivia at emeralddowns.com. Yeah, send your answers to, we'll give you a little prize. I owe a couple prizes this year, so I'll contact those people. Name the only horse to win two sprint stakes prior to winning the Long Acres Mile in the same year. It's only happened one time in Emerald Downs history. A horse won two sprint stakes at the current meeting that he won the mile that summer. So give us your answer. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. And just again, a reminder, racing Thursday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon this week. Uh, Pent Effect to carry over on Thursday night. Jackpot Pick 6 carryover as well. Vince, uh, on to the races this week. On to the races. Should be a real fun week of racing. So looking forward to it Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.